This Voice of the Arts podcast is made possible thanks to the Carnegie Museum of Art. You're listening to the Voice of the Arts, WQED-FM. Jim Cunningham with Stephanie Sidro-Moore, the Director of Marketing and Engagement at Carnegie Museum of Art. Stephanie is going to help us with our winter fundraising drive. Hooray! And there's a lot going on at the Carnegie. I want to talk first about what's happening with the 58th International. Is it morning for you yet is the overall theme. And I know much of what's going on because you sent Blaine Siegel over the other day to talk about the fantastic film festival that's happening in the very near future, but the art has been very well received. You've had art experts from around the globe come in and take a look and find provocative things and beautiful things. How's it going for you, Stephanie? Well, first of all, thank you, Jim. It is so fantastic to be here at the WQED studios with you talking this morning. Um, and yes, at Carnegie Museum of Art is all about the 58th Carnegie International. So this is um, North America's longest running exhibition of international art. And it comes to the museum once every four-ish years. And and we just opened the 58th iteration back in September, and it continues to run all the way through April 2nd of this year. So there is still lots of time left to come see it. And yes, as you mentioned, uh, the name of the exhibition is Is It Morning For You Yet? And it features over 100 artists from over 40 territories. And it traces the geopolitical imprint of the United States since 1945. So it is undoubtedly a fascinating exhibition. And if you visit the gift shop, which I always like to do after visiting the restaurant at the Carnegie, there's a hardbound book, which is a catalog of the of the uh, exhibition, the 58th International. And that makes a fabulous gift in addition to something you want to take with you and study when you get home having seen it. It's a lot to absorb in a couple of hours of strolling around. Lots to absorb. I mean, it has taken over the entire art museum and there are off-site locations um, in the north side um, and in various other places in the city in which the art is presenting itself. So it's really exciting. Have you been over to look at the winter condition of the tree that the German Artists Collective, uh, I haven't been over to see it, uh, I, I've got to go take a look before uh, too long because it's growing itself, it's governing itself, it's a, a little bit heady to think about, I think. It is quite complex. Yes, this is an artwork um, that is created by the German collective Terra Zero. And yes, it is um, living and breathing. It is a black gum tree, and it is on the campus of CCAC Northside. We'll go check and see its health, that's for sure. And uh, wow, the film festival really got me buzzing with Blaine. Yesterday, there's an astonishing range of movies from around the world that you're not going to see anywhere else. This might be your only opportunity in your lifetime to catch them. That's correct. The 58th Carnegie International Film Festival starts on March 3rd. It goes all the way to March 12th. And it is a series of 11 historic films, as you mentioned, from all around the world. And they dovetail into this theme that the exhibition traces, the geopolitical footprint of the United States. Um, some of them are taking place at Carnegie Museum of Arts Theater. Some of them are taking place over at Row House Cinema in Lawrenceville. And you can check out the whole lineup on cmoa.org. How has the press reacted, the art world, to your exhibit this year? They can be contentious sometimes, and it's a show that's provocative. 
We are incredibly grateful to all of the reviewers and all of the critics who have come by. And when I say they have all come by, they've all come by. It's been just remarkable. Um, the press from not only the region here um, in Western PA, but also from other cities in the United States as well as other countries. We've had visiting press throughout the run of the exhibition, um, and those critical reviews um, have been really powerful. So great. What else is going on? You've got a podcast that I know something about. We do. So sort of backing up a step, um, part of the event series of the 58th Carnegie International has been a conversation series called Refractions. And so this series has been running throughout the entire duration of the exhibition. And... um, What happens is either an artist or somebody related to the show is put in conversation with a contemporary. Uh, So whether it's another artist or a curator, um, they've been in conversation right in our Carnegie Museum of Art Theater. Um, And what we've done is as these conversations have taken place over the last number of months, we have recorded them with our friends at WQED and created out of it a podcast called Artists in the World, which essentially takes conversations that are happening at Carnegie Museum of Art, packages them into a podcast, and then amplifies it for listeners all over. Um, So it's been a fantastic partnership. Um, We're incredibly grateful for it. So if you're interested in hearing these refraction lectures that have occurred already, download Artists in the World wherever you get podcasts uh, or on cmoa.org or wqed.org. And there is still one refractions conversation left. This conversation is coming up on March 30th. And it's featuring a participating artist named Bono Genetaglu, um, who is the artist responsible for the artwork, if you've been to the exhibition, you probably will recall it, in the Hall of Sculpture. And it is called Right? Question mark. And it is a series of balloon bouquets. So imagine very large gold mylar balloons that are strung from the ceiling down to the floor. There's 10 bouquets of them. And each of them spell out in large golden balloon letters 10 different articles from the Declaration of Human Rights. So an incredibly powerful piece and part of the artwork is watching the deflation come down from the ceiling to the floor. So if you had seen this artwork earlier in the exhibition, it would completely be, you know, inflated and and rising tall. Now it's deflated and, um, you know, approaching the floor. And, um, you know, this artwork represents this idea that what happens when our very own human rights go unwatched or unattended? Um, What is the result? So a phenomenal artwork, incredibly provocative. And so Banu will be in conversation with a gentleman named Thomas Keenan. He is the Associate Professor of Comparative Literature and the Director of the Human Rights Program from Bard College. So this conversation is sure to be a really good one. Um, And if you can't come here at live, then, you know, in the weeks down the line, you will certainly um, see it as another episode within Artists in the World. So great. And if I come over to the museum, there's always something at one o'clock every day. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Our drop-in tour. I love the drop-in tour. It's a really great way to experience the show. Um, A, if you don't have a lot of time um, or you love a guided tour. So one o'clock every day that we're open plus six o'clock on Thursday nights because we are open late on Thursdays. And admission is uh 
significantly less on Thursday nights. Just have to plug that. Nice. Um, you basically show up to the visitor services desk at those times, and a docent will greet you and any other fellow museum goers who are interested in taking the tour. And then you take a guided tour. It's one hour, and the docent will take you through select artworks, talk about the artists, talk about the themes. It's really a wonderful way to encounter the exhibition. And can I also do a timed visit during the pandemic? There were timed visits at the Carnegie. You Is that done? can certainly still buy a time ticket online. If you are a planner and you want to commit to the date and the time, um, and you can also, of course, you know, walk into the museum and purchase a ticket. The There's Carnegie's... no right or wrong way to come it, to the art it's museum. It's wonderful for accessibility, too. You've got wheelchairs available. People who have special needs can easily get help by just arriving at your back door from the parking lot. Yeah, absolutely. The Carnegie International, the 58th. Wow, it's so great. After all the planning, years, and all the fundraising, it's a huge achievement, and we mustn't take it for granted. It is a Pittsburgh Civic treasure. Like WQED-FM, it's our 50th anniversary year, and we have been partnering with your Museum of Art since the building was under construction. Early on, there was a concert program uh, with members of the symphony. It was their wind ensemble played on the steps, and QED uh, produced a program that was aired on Channel 13, and you're planning some television work with the International as well, some featurettes, and uh, the podcast, everything. It's been a terrific partnership between our two organizations. While I have you, for anyone that might be listening to the close of our conversation, you've got to brag a little bit. In Pittsburgh, we don't brag. You're from here, but you spent time in New York City, the capital of the arts world. You're an artist's an artist yourself, an actress. Uh, you studied acting professionally, and uh, you had a huge career in marketing, working with famous brands, L'Oreal, Estee Lauder. These are the totems of the fashion world. But here you are in Pittsburgh working at the Carnegie. I think it's really special. Thank you. There is nowhere else in the world I'd rather be than in my hometown of the city of Pittsburgh. Now, you have to tell me what... Uh, Estee Lauder L'Oreal product should I have on, on my wife's uh, uh, gift list for next year? What, what do you still use having uh, worked to get their products out there? Is there anything in your medicine cabinet, your, your cupboard there, that you think is an absolute es essential? I mean, you're too young. Now, a lot of the skincare products have to do with maintaining a youthful appearance of the skin, so you're not there yet. But they did make fragrances and other things that uh, you must have established uh, an affinity for working with them and encouraging people to use them. Absolutely. Um, my entire medicine cabinet is filled with all of the brands that I used to work on when I lived and worked in New York City. And between L'Oreal and Estee Lauder companies, they do produce just out-of-this-world products. So I would say all of them. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> and I go to Target once in a while. You did some Target work, too, did you not? I think my whole house is filled, to my wife's horror, with the boxes, the plastic boxes you get at Target. I like to shop there for uh, groceries, too, but there are certain Target essentials that I think are, are unique. That was a, a small part of your early career, was Yes, it not? In, in between Estee Lauder and Target, I did... I'm sorry, between Estee Lauder and L'Oreal headquarters, I did work for Target headquarters, which was just another fantastic company company, um, you know, particularly as a marketer and a communicator, um, learned from some spectacular practitioners and, of course, had a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, they're like Trader Joe's, a brand that has unbelievable 
certain people just love to shop at Target. I remember when they were new, my brother uh, would always say, when I was out visiting him in San Diego, we've got to go to the Target. We've got to go shopping at Target. Now, of course, they're all over the world, and, and particularly in this country, they're everywhere, but even in Kaufman's downtown these, these days. But uh, they're a special organization, the Target. Folks, my, my goodness. Oh, well, this is a big topic. You haven't told me the play that you really loved being in, in your theater work. Oh, my goodness, like 100 million years ago. Um, let's see. I I really enjoyed um, Kiss Me Kate. That was one of my favorite musicals uh, that I performed in. I played um, not the leading lady, but the second leading lady. Um, Lois uh, was the character's name. Um, and then in college, in university, I um, was Lola and Damn Yankees. That probably ties for, you know, the top two musicals that I performed in. And study of the arts, it's a beautiful thing for everything in, that you might pursue in, in your life, whether it's the business world, the marketing world, uh, any any path of life is, I think, enhanced by yeah. starting with the arts. I mean, it's no secret. The skill set that um, the arts brings to an individual is transcendent. You can apply what you learn as a piano player or a singer or a music theater actress to pretty much any other profession out there that you might want to contemplate pursuing. Um, as a marketer and a communicator, we are storytellers. And in my undergraduate work, um, pursuing music theater, you learn how to tell a story and you learn how to read an audience and how to get what you need to get through that story with that audience through the ways in which you're storytelling. So I always love to talk about um, studying the arts, whether it's recreational or whether it's professionally. Um, the arts are enriching in a million different ways um, and they're fun. There's no denying. I personally think that working in the arts is just such a, a just great joy and, and brings a lot of sort of fun to my day to day as well. And the Carnegie Museum of Art, one of the greatest museums in the world, just a few steps from where we're sitting right now. As we leave the studio, I'll show you we have the words of Leland Hazard, our board chair, when the radio station signed on 50 years ago. He quoted Johann Wolfgang von Goethe, and he said that, Goethe said, Leland quoted it, Goethe said that to live a complete life, every day you should see a fine painting, hear a little music, and if possible, speak a few reasonable words. Such is the purpose of WQED-FM. I'm still working 50 years later. Well, I wasn't here the whole time, but I've been here a while. I'm still working on the reasonable words part, but I try to get to your museum as often as possible to see a fine picture. I'll try to do better in the upcoming year on, on the everyday idea of Goethe and certainly the playing of the music. We've got that down here at 89.3. As do you, Stephanie Cedro-Moore. So great to have you here. Thank you, Jim. This Voice of the Arts podcast is made possible thanks to the Carnegie Museum of Art.